Father, we thank you, Lord, for that great song, Jesus Saves. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. And I rejoice in that, Father, and thank you for so many other people in this auditorium today have been saved by God's grace. And Lord, we are, I, I hope the message excites them about the future. But Father, I pray that if someone's lost here today, that they would realize their need and would repent, turn to God, and have faith in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we realize that uh, it's essential that we do your will. And Father, I pray you bless the preaching of your word. Help us, Father, to do the will of God for our lives. And we pray, Father, that you receive all the glory in this. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Bible tells us in verse 13 to verse 18, the Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. So God tells us that when saved people die, God says they're asleep. Now, their soul and spirit go be with the Lord, but their body's in in their grave. And so he he calls it sleep. For the wicked, God calls them death. But God says, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even that others would have no hope. So the, the world, you know, when someone dies, there's just uncertainty about death. But with the saved people, there's people I know. From what the Bible says, and I'm assured in my heart, I know that I'll see again. Because they were born-again Christians. They were, they were saved by God's grace. So God goes on and tells us in verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, which we do, even so them which are, are also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and mean shall be Uh, unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Jesus himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And those are great comforts. I mean, you know, we, we start talking about the Lord's return. And the Lord returns in two parts. The first one, we're going to meet him in the air. The second one, he's coming and he's going to meet us down in Mount Olive. He's going to land on earth. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Thank you, maybe seated. So we see the scripture has much to say about the last days of the seven-year tribulation period a thousand-year reign of Christ, the great white throne judgment, and eternity. And we know from what the scriptures say that we're in the last days. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind we're living in the last days. And the book of Revelation is written chronologically. Let's go to Revelation, if you would. And uh, we're told by religion, in some religions, that the book of Revelation should not be read because we'll never understand it. But notice what God says here in his word. Chapter 1 and verse 3, God says, Blessed is he that what? Readeth. (laughs) And I know readers don't read that book, but God tells, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that heareth the words of this prophecy, and keep those things where are written therein, for the times at hand. So God goes against religion, uh, but he tells us in the word, Blessed is is he that readeth. So we find in chapter 1 to chapter 3, God is dealing uh, with the present age. And uh, these are letters written to churches. And that really is a focal point of God. He's interested in his churches. Now God wants to see the whole world come to Christ. He wants to see everyone believe right. But God works through his churches. And then we find in chapter 4 and 5, Notice chapter 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice that I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will 
show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. So this is uh, a verse of Scripture in chapter 4, verse 1, that speaks about the rapture, the taking away of the saints. And so in chapter 4 and 5, it speaks about eternity. Chapter 6, we find this is the beginning of tribulation. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I, I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow and a crown, and was given unto him, and he went forth conquering, be conquered. So who's this speaking about, preacher? It's speaking about the Antichrist. He comes on a white horse. He had a bow, but he doesn't have any arrows. He's coming to make peace. Now, I want to, I'm gonna, you have to trust me on this. Uh, I wish I had time to go into it for hours, but I don't. But when the Antichrist appears on the scene, God's people are out of here. And we're not going to see the Antichrist. But you who are left behind... You'll, you'll see the Antichrist. You'll, you say, where is he right now? I believe he's in Europe. I believe he's working behind the scenes. I believe he's working. Uh, we'll talk about and listen a little bit. And uh, I believe he's a very prominent person. I don't, I don't think it's important that we know who the Antichrist is. Well, I don't want to. Who cares? I'm out of here. Amen. And that's what you want. You want to be saved. You want to belong to the Lord. Now, God's going to pour out 21 different judgments during the tribulation period. From He starts right here in uh, verse 1. He said, uh, and I saw the, uh, when the Lamb opened up one of the seals. So there's the seal judgments, there's the uh, trumpet judgments, and the vile judgments. And so God is going to take us uh, through the tribulation period. And you say, well, preacher, I like to read about that. Go home and read about it. It's, you can, and it's, it's in, the, in the Word of God. And, and uh, God tells us all about the tribulation period. But then we get to chapter 19, and we, we see here when Christ is going to mount up on horses. And the Bible says in the armies, in verse 14, which were in heaven, follow him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen and white and clean. And uh, out of the mouth of sharp sword, uh, that was uh, that he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron and tread out the winepress uh, of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And uh, he hath on his vesture, uh, uh, on his thigh, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together of the great supper of God. So the battle armor given is going to be there. You say, what's going to happen at battle armor? The whole world army is going to come into place. And Jesus Christ is going to destroy them. And you say, well, why? They, they were God, they're God haters. They're against God. And so it's very clear when you read uh, the book of Revelation. And then we find in chapter 20, where the, the Bible teaches a thousand-year reign. And he says in chapter 20, verse 2, And he laid hold on a dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Isn't that great? There's not going to be any devil on earth. And then he goes on and says here in chapter 20, verse 3, he said, till a thousand years should be fulfilled. He says at the end of chapter 4, and, I, and reign with Christ a thousand years. And then he says in verse 5, and the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So God says a thousand years five times. And here's a, 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 a proverb, I guess you could say, about uh, studying the scriptures. When the plain sense makes common sense, seek no other sense, otherwise becomes nonsense. And that's why you have all these different beliefs in the world. Because people are just not willing to follow the Bible. And the Bible is the truth. And so God then tells us, at the Millennial Kingdom, there's a white throne judgment in chapter 20. And then chapter 21 and 22 is the eternal state. 
So let's get going with the, the outline. We're going to see the times of the last days. And let's take our Bibles go to Matthew 24, please. Matthew chapter 24. And we'll be back to our text in just a little bit. In Matthew 24, we find where the Bible speaks out last days before the return of Christ. In chapter 24, we see in verse 5, And many shall come in my name, and saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And then he says in verse 11, And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. You say, preacher, when's this going to happen? What do you mean when? (laughs) It's happened. There's been a lot of false prophets in this world. And how how do you know they're false prophets? Because of religion. They, They teach and preach a religion. And uh, the Bible tells us that the religion is wrong. And religion is not of God. Religion is not of God. Rather, God is interested in a personal relationship with you and I. And so this is what happens. People have you know, been drawn to religions. Uh, whether they, uh, they have uh, uh, coerced people to join them uh, you know, by beheading them. And there's been a lot of religions like that. Where they go out and say, you know, either you're going to serve our religion or you're going to die. And all of a sudden they decide, I think I'm going to become a whatever it may be. And then there are a lot of false teachers in the world. But God goes on and tells us here in verse 6 and 7 that a national and international conflict. And the Bible says in verse 6, and you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. Or, or all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes in divers places. Now, I want to tell you, just update you, the last hundred years, we've seen more earthquakes than we have before. And you say, well, I think it's global warming. I think you're wrong. What it is, is, is God is preparing us for the last time. The last days, there was a great earthquake over in uh, Turkey just recently and uh, some other countries around it. So we see the increase of uh, earthquakes. And then there's also, the Bible says, uh, there's going to be famines and pestilence uh, in divers places. And then God tells us there's going to be uh, natural disasters. Know the last part of verse 7? And he tells us, uh, about famines, pestilence, earthquakes in divers places. In other words, you know, uh, unusual places. And there's going to be re- religious persecution. Notice verse 9. They, then, they, uh, then shall they deliver you up and be, and, uh, to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall uh, be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then many uh, be offended, shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Well, this is our country. Forget about the world. The whole world hates each other. You know, there's issues in different countries, different nationalities, and so on. But even our own country, people just hate each other. Well, it's all because of Trump. Oh, it's, it's Biden. It, you know, it's man's heart. Man's heart is full of hate. And you say, oh, I don't hate anyone. Well, think it through. I, I think you'll come up with some thoughts about, you know, hate towards people. And that's not right. It's wrong. So then we see abounding sin. Notice verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Uh, gospel preaching in verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom, that's the death, burial, and resurrection, uh, that is preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. Now, notice a few more verses here. Let's go to first, uh, second Thessalonians, I'm sorry, Second Timothy chapter 3, please. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and uh, notice what the Bible says there, and we pick up in verse 1, Paul says, This know also that in the last days perilous times have come. These are troublesome times. And a lot of people throughout the world uh, are, are experiencing trouble, perilous, difficult times. Uh, uh, think about what the Bible says here in verse 2, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Uh, narcissists, uh, people just in love themselves, talking about themselves. And that really is, it was different back in the 50s and 60s as I was, I was growing up then. But most people are just, all they do is care about themselves, is talk about themselves, what I find very boring. Amen? 
covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, uh, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And that's one of the signs is the disobedience towards parents without natural affection. You know, there are people that die in our streets and guy gets shot and they just move on. It's like no big deal. It's, they don't have natural affection. Uh, truce breakers, uh, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despise of those that are good. You ever hear the phrase, oh, you're a goody two-shoes? And? What's wrong being good? I think, I, I think it's good to be good. Right? Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof, some such turn away. So Paul says here to Timothy, they're going to have a form of godliness. A form is something that you use for pouring cement in some cases, for a foundation. And what they do, they build this form, and then they pour concrete into that, uh, into that form. But the idea they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof from such turn away. So they put on a, an, uh, uh, a facade that they have a form of godliness, but they're not godly. They're false professors. They deny the power. You know, Jesus saved you. Your life's going to be changed. And from such, Paul said, turn away from. And then we see back in, uh, well, I'll just quote it for you, Luke 21, verse 11, great earthquakes shall be in divers places, famines, pestilence, and fearful sights. And then notice we would in 2 Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, we pick up here in verse 2, 2 chapter 3 and and verse 2, and watch this, that ye may be mindful of the words which I spoken before by the holy prophet and the commandment of the, uh, us, the apostle, the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall, be, there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where's the promise of his coming? And I'll tell you, I've heard many people in these last times Say, where's God? Where's the promise? I don't think there is a God. I'm an agnostic. I don't know. But there is a God, and you're going to meet him one of these days uh, in the very near future if you're not saved by God's grace. And uh, so God says, and what do they do? They uh, know this first, that they shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust. See, God knows our hearts. So people are going to deny that God is working these last days. What are they doing? They're walking after their own lust. And so then he says in verse 4, saying, where's the promise of the coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. But they, this they are willingly ignorant of, that by the word of God, that's what we base everything we believe on, the word of God. The heavens were of old, the earth standing out of the water in the water. So we, we find here, the Bible speaks about uh, the judgment of Noah's day. The, 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 the ark and the flood it was a universal flood. Well, I heard it was only a local flood. Well, it was a universal flood. The Bible said the whole earth. And using that means the whole earth. So again, it's a plain sense makes common sense seek the other sense, otherwise become nonsense. And so we find here some other things I want to challenge you on. First of all, there's a, a castless society being formed right now. And why is that? Well, it gives them a, an opportunity to track everything you do. We'll talk about the NSA in just a moment. I mean, they'll track everything you do. So uh, China right now, Sweden, India, they're pretty much going to a castless society. I'm not saying there isn't cash, but they're going pretty much to a cashless society. They want things paid by the credit card or, or the debit card. And the, again, they're, they're being, you're, we're being spied on. Walmart, it was said, uh, uh, yesterday it was researching this, they prefer the customer to pay with a credit card or a debit card. And the state, as they said, the next five years, cash will become obsolete. And maybe sooner than we think. 
Second of all, the Bible speaks about apostasy. And this speaks of a falling away or the turning from truth. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, please. 2 Timothy chapter 4. There are people who once believed the Bible. They once lived by the Bible or they, they said they did. But we find where they turn away from the truth. Now notice 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. Paul instructs Timothy to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. So God wants us to preach doctrine. That's essential. We've got to know what the Bible says so we can make an application to our, our lives. Verse 3, for the time will come when they will, endure, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust. This is the problem. People live by the flesh, they live by what they see, feel, smell, touch, and they don't live under control of the Spirit. For after their own lust shall they heap themselves teachers, having itching ears. And boy, there's a gob of teachers out there. So what do you mean by teachers? Well, a preacher is going to preach to you. You're going to you know, study the Word of God verse by verse. But a teacher, he's going to speak in such a way to tickle your ears. In other words, to, to get your attention to follow him. You know what we do around Long Island Baptist? We want people to follow Christ. That's the bottom line. We want people to live for Christ, love Christ, serve Christ, worship Christ. And so we find here in uh, uh, chapter uh, three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but their own lust shall they heap themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from what? The truth. The Bible says the truth will make you free. That's what the truth does. It sets you free. First of all, when you, you know the truth, you'll come to Christ. A lot of people profess to know Jesus, but they don't know. Him. It's a false God, it's a false teacher, it's a false belief. The Bible speaks about that throughout the New Testament. And so we, we don't want that. We want the real belief. We want to do what God says to do. And so we find here that the, the, the Bible says they're, they're gonna, uh, uh, they shall turn away the ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now, there's a lot of fables. You know, the Bible teaches infant baptism is a fable. It's not true. It's not found in the Word of God. You say, well, how did, how did it happen? Here's how it happens, beloved. Over a period of time, just like evolution. <laughs> millions and millions and millions of years ago. But over a period of time, people add to the belief system. So the Roman Catholic Church started... About 490 A.D., it wasn't the first church. And uh, they, they decided, well, if adults can be baptized, what about a little baby? Well, he said, well, what about a little baby? If a baby would to die, some tragic thing, a child's in heaven. David said so. He said, I, I, can't, I can't bring my son back, but I'm going to go to be with him one day. So the idea that a child would go to uh, a purgatory, hell, there was no purgatory. But that's a fable. And there's a gazillion fables that are not found in the word of God. They're lies. They're distortion of the truth. So we find the castless society. The Bible speaks about apostasy in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And then Israel. We see we must keep our eye on Israel. That nation, Israel, is God's timepiece. And you think we're here in, in our, our country concerned about the election, who's going to win, who's, not going, to, who's going to be defeated. Who's going to... Hey, God's not even concerned about our country as much as he's concerned about Israel. And that's the, God's timepiece. And uh, it's, it's not the USA, it's the nation of Israel. And there's a great resurgence of anti-Semitism in the world. I've, I've talked to a lot of people of my life. And I'm, I'm against Jews. 
Why? Well, they're all greedy. Oh, let me see now. Okay. And Americans aren't? Well, they're materialistic. And Americans aren't? What about Germans? What about the nation of Africa? What, what about South America? I mean, who's not greedy? It's in our hearts. It's, it's, it's a problem of our heart, our sin nature. Now, Jared Kushner, uh, the President Trump's son-in-law, is um, working at being in peace between the Israel and, and, and Muslims. Now, there's been some peace treaties signed. Egypt, uh, I think uh, Somalia. But he said there's five more countries coming to the peace table. Now, I'm not telling you right now. I, I believe them. those things happen. And they all sign it, we're out of here. We were raptured out of here. They're taking away the saints. And then the Bible tells us about ships. Let's go to Revelation chapter 13, please. Revelation chapter 13. Now, scriptures teach that there's uh, going to be a time in the near future when the world population will not be able to, able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. So I'm not saying I, I know what the mark of the beast is. They said it's going to be on the, the forehead or the face and the hand. It may be facial recognition. I don't know. But I will tell you this, watch here in verse chapter 13, verse 16. And he calls all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, and receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and uh, that no man might buy or sell, say that he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. In verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. Uh, for the number of man and his number is six hundred three score and six 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 six. So, but here's the thing: the tribulation period of seven years could be begin at any time. Once the rapture, the taking away of saints takes place, the tribulation period kicks in, and there are many countries that have chipping their citizens right now. The former NSA technical director of thirty years. William Biney, you find on YouTube, said that the NSA had access to all phone numbers, all emails, and all texts. I'm telling you, that's anti-American. We should not have someone, our government, spying on us. But they're a government to themselves. But it's worldwide. It's worldwide. So in India, they gave them uh, 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 cards a credit card or a debit card. They're passing them out like it's, it's free. But it's for the sake of control. And this is not a, a conspiracy. These are facts. And so we find here that uh, your phone calls are being listened to, all emails and all text, because they are, uh, the NSA is spying on the world. Now who's behind all this? Antichrist. That's who's working behind the scenes. In Revelation 6, 2, he's riding a white horse. He's going to come and bring peace. He's going to bring peace to Israel, peace with the Muslim world. Uh, but he's, he's doing it behind the scenes. And notice chapter 13, and we'll pick up in verse 4, and watch this. And they worship the dragon, which gave them power unto the beast, and worship and the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Let me tell you, in chapter 19, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to make war and, and defeat him. Cast him into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. Why? The Antichrist filled with the devil. There's a real devil. The power was given unto him to continue 42 months. That's three and a half years. That's the second part of the, of, of the, uh, the uh, tribulation period. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. So the Antichrist is going to go into the temple in Jerusalem. And when he gets in there, he's been for the first three and a half years, he's making peace. He's, there's no one like the Antichrist. But when he gets into the temple of God... He's going to speak blasphemies and he's going to say, I'm God. Bow and worship me. And the people do. The people bow and worship him. 
But this whole thing, we think about what's going on behind the scenes. We're being spied. Uh, the, whole, the whole time period of the seven years will be a dictatorship of the Antichrist. A man who believed uh, in, uh, uh, who, who uh, I believe is on the scene in Europe. He's planning to rule and reign on the planet. And uh, he will have it, uh, he will be uh, taking the control of all communications. Why? Because they're profiling you. They want to know who you're talking to. What are you saying? How are you saying? They put you in categories. It's so anti-American, it's anti-Christ. So we see where the Bible teaches uh, the times of the last days. And second of all, let's go back to our text, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, chapter 4. And uh, we see again the times of the taken away of the saints. So there's no such thing as a rapture of the church. Church is not raptured. It's the saints. Because not all saints are in a local assembly. And so the Bible tells us here, in verse 13, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others would have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which uh, sleep in Jesus, Christ, uh, Jesus will God bring with them. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord, that uh, would, would we, excuse me, that we which are alive remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. So the dead in Christ, their body is going to be reunited with their soul and spirit, which is in heaven. And the Lord shall descend, uh, himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and dead shall, and Christ shall rise first. And then verse 17, Then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So let me just say this. First of all, the, the, the taking away the saints will be sudden. And the word for rapture is a Latin word which means caught up, snatched away, to be seized by force. So it's not going to be like a rapture like... You know, just I'm just taking my time going up, and it's it's a thief. The thief is, breaks in, he gets what he has to get, and gets. He's going in there privately. He's going there, hopefully not seen by anyone, and Jesus won't be seen. He's going to meet us in the air, and the Bible tells us that uh, not only is he going to uh, rapture in the twinkle of an eye. So I think it's uh, one-twentieth of a second. So people aren't going to see, oh, where are they going? What? Oh, we're seized by force. Notice if you would, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 15, we, we see how the Bible describes this. In chapter 15, and notice if you would, verse 53, for this corruptible must put on uh, incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. Now let me back up and say in verse 51, that's what I want to get to. Uh, verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So there's going to be a rapture. There's going to be, we're going to be seized by force. We're going to be taken out of this world. The Bible says the, that in verse 54, so, then, so when this corruptible must have put on incorruption, this mortal must have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed in victory. So he goes on and tells us our body is going to be changed. And we'll see that this afternoon as we study in chapter 7 of Romans. So God tells us that our bodies will be changed. The mortal shall put on immortality. We're going to be perfect. We're going to have a changed body. Why? In our body right now where our soul is saved, our spirit's been made alive, but our body's still here. And it's corruptible. That's where sin abides in our body. But when the rapture takes place, we're going to be changed. 
Praise the Lord. So we see here that uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns to meet us in the air, we will be living our lives as we usually do. The next moment we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Second of all, be selective. In verse 15, the Bible tells us, and back in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15, This I say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive remain unto the coming Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. So our Lord is going to meet only those who have been saved or born again in the air. Well, why wouldn't God meet me? I'm, I'm trying to work my way to heaven because salvation is not by works. Salvation by grace. And if you've not been born again by the word of God, you need to be. And many believe that they're going to, but their lives uh, uh, do not align with the word. They, they have no clue uh, they, they, about being risen to a new life. And that salvation is a supernatural birth. Now notice Matthew chapter 7, if you would. Matthew chapter 7. And notice, if you would, verse 21. Matthew 7, verse 21 Watch what, this is the, the final judgment, the great white throne judgment we saw in Revelation chapter 20. And God tells us here, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So if you have a life that is professing to be saved, but you don't live according to the word of God. Now there's a real problem with that. God tells us here, Not everyone that saith, Oh, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of God, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 22. Now watch this. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name? In other words, preach in my name, and have cast in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. You say, preacher, what's wrong with that? I mean, boy, that's great. But notice what they didn't say. Many will say to him at that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works. Not one of them said, but Lord, I repented. Lord, I, I placed my faith in Christ. They're talking about what they do. And that's what religion is. It's what they do. You know, the, the sign gifts and uh, the the experiences. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches we have to turn to God from our idols to serve the living true God. We have to place our faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus died for my sins according to scriptures, buried and rose again the third day according to scriptures. That's what it is. It's all about the Bible. And the people are just missing the boat on this. And then he says in verse 23... And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. It's going to be a tragic time at the judgment seat. The Bible says the angels are going to be bound, these people, hand and foot. And they'll be cast into the lake of fire. You say, you really believe that? All my heart I believe it. All my heart. That's why our church is involved trying to reach people the gospel. I want people to know, what people to understand, what people to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's a selective. In Galatians 4, verse 9, the Bible says, But now, after you have known God, or rather, are known of God. The question is, do you know God? Does he know you? It will be serious. Let's go back to Second Thessalonians Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. And the Bible says in verse 10, For even when we were with you, this we command you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Uh, I said that right. We say this in our church. This is a timeout moment. <laughs> I'm looking for that. Make sure I have the right text. Oh, chapter 2, that's what it is. Chapter 2, verse 10. All right, here we go. Thanks for the time out. 
Verse 10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the the love of the truth that they might be saved. So it's not that you didn't know, but you wouldn't receive it. That's how simple salvation is. You got to receive. And then verse 11, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion. So the rapture is going to take place and the people are going to believe a lie. Maybe a CNN reporter. What happened today was that, who knows what they're going to say, but we're going to believe a lie. We're going to fall into a lock, stock, and barrel. Verse 12, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in righteousness. You see, when God saves us, he changes our heart. Our devotion now is to Christ and not ourselves. It's to Christ, not our religion. Verse 13, we're bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. How? Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So God wants all men to be saved. But you've got to understand what God does. He sanctifies us with his Spirit and belief of the truth. So if you don't believe the Bible... You're done with. There's, you know, there's no hope unless you repent. And then Paul goes on and tells us in Acts chapter 3. I'm sorry, Luke, Luke said that in Acts chapter 3 in verse 19. I want you to see this. And God tells us here in Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Peter's preaching. Luke wrote this. He said, repent you therefore. Be converted that your sins may be blotted out. So God tells us we've got to repent. We've got to turn. Turn from our false way, our false belief, our false trust. We've got to turn to God from our idols. And he said repent, and then when you repent, you'll be converted. And that your sin will be blotted out. And that's the whole goal. We want our sins blotted out. God is gracious enough to us that he's willing to forgive us for all our sins. So I, I, I really haven't done anything wrong. You've committed millions of sins. Everyone has. Think, think, think about what God commands us. Thou shalt not know the gods before me. You, we've all had other gods before the Lord God. No idols. Now, that was in the Roman Catholic belief, but they, they said uh, they took the Tenth Commandment and they split. But God tells them, don't make any graven image, don't bow down to them. And Catholicism, Islam, all these places, they, they bow, Buddha, uh, uh, Hinduism, they're all bowing. And then we find the Third Commandment, not to take the Lord thy God's name in vain. Now, who hasn't committed that one? By saying, oh, my God. Taking Jesus Christ as some kind of a curse word, or when you get hurt, or you get shocked, you say this. The fourth commandment is to keep the Sabbath day, keep it holy. The fifth commandment is on thy father and mother. Now, did you ever argue with your parents? Did you ever fight with them? Well, you dishonored them. The sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. He said, I never kill anyone, preacher. Here's what Jesus said in the New Testament. He said, if you have anger in your heart, you're a murderer. How do people kill? They've got to be angry at something. God says, don't commit adultery. Well, I never commit adultery. Well, have you lusted after another woman in your heart? Have you lusted after another man in your heart? So, well, it's only, you know, hey, Lust is lust. Jesus said in the New Testament, if you look upon a woman in lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Then God says, thou shalt not steal. I, I use this illustration when we were kids. We went to Bohax. Remember Bohax? I remember that on my date myself really bad. Oh, thank you, Keith. Well, my father would go around, bless his heart, 
And uh, he would take Brock candy. They would leave it out in big boxes. He'd just take it and put it in a plastic bag, weigh it. Well, he'd go around and taste test it. Well, look, I, I probably did the same thing. I might excuse myself. But that was stealing. He was taking money from a company that had these candies for sale, and he was taking it. He said, oh, it's not a big deal, preacher. Hey, it's a big deal. God looks at it as a big deal. Then he tells us, don't lie about your neighbor. I know this is true, but you hear about... We have gossip columns. We have you know, newspapers. We have TV programs. Gossip, people saying, oh, this is... it's gossip. Lying about the neighbor. And then God tells in the Ten Commandments, that's not covet. So you think about that. I, was, I broke the, all Ten Commandments. But so have you. And we're going to give account for that. But if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, if you had all your sins forgiven because you repented and God converted your heart, I wouldn't worry about it a bit. All these sins are gone. All they're gone. So we find here that uh, it's, it's serious. It's also sure. Our Lord is returning to meet his children in the air. And then seven years later, Christ will turn to earth to the Mount of Olives and will fight the battle of Armageddon and then rule the world for a thousand years. See, this is going to happen? Absolutely. God cannot obey his word. And then we find the last of all the time of rejoicing forevermore. Let's go back to our text, please. First Thessalonians chapter 4, and we pick up here verse 17. Uh, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be with the Lord. So uh, our world has little rejoicing in it. People have issued issues with one another. Doesn't matter where you go, there are issues. So there, there's fighting and fussing over people's pigmentation. Not what kind of person they are, or, but rather what color they are. And this is all over the world, beloved. All over the world. You know, there's issues within Asia. There's issues with South Korea and North Korea. There's issues in America. There's issues among the Hispanic. Oh, I've heard them say, oh, they're not Puerto Rican. Oh, they're not Mexican. Oh, they're not, you know. Hey, we're all, we're all the same people. We all bleed red blood. And we divide over such... Foolishness. They want to know what country you're from. Or where's your family born. Or, or one day soon the taking away of the saints will, will take place and they'll be rejoiced in the Lord. That's, a, that's what we need to be doing. So we will meet our loved ones and people we know. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 15 to 18. We'll see those who have gone ahead. Those who have passed on from this life to heaven. And then we'll meet the Lord. And those first Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 17, so shall we ever be with the Lord. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying this with all sincerity. If the Lord took me, if I just died or the rapture took place, I'm not going to be concerned about earth. Well, I'm, I like to see, you know, I want to see Jesus. That's what the Bible says. We, we're going to meet him. And so shall we be with the Lord. As much as exciting to meet people uh, that we know and love and be thrilling to see them all again. One day we're going to meet the Lord. And uh, when we meet the Lord who came to earth as the eternal son of God. Who lived without sin. He was perfect. He could not sin. He went to the cross and died for our sins. And not only for my sins, but he died a substitutionary death on the cross, dying for our sins, the just for the unjust, the righteous for the unrighteous, the holy for the unholy. The Bible says in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For he, God, hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin that we might be made the righteous of God in him. 
First Peter chapter 1, verse 20, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world was manifest, manifest in the last times. Here's what the Bible says, for you. For you. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, for Christ also has once suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. That was the whole point of Christ coming to earth, living his life, dying on the cross, a terrible death. But he was buried and resurrected the third day. And why did he do that? Then he might bring us to God. Then he might bring you and I to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So let me close, and let me ask you this. If you died right now, people have died in church. They just fell right over. They had a massive heart attack. They, their life was done with. If you died right now, where would you go? You've got to answer that question in your heart. Where would you go? I remember a preacher telling one time, he was preaching in a place called Temple Baptist, which was in Detroit, and a woman just keeled over and died while he was preaching. So if you died right now, where would you go? What do you base that on? Do you know? I, this, this is very important. The Bible says you can know, K-N-O-W. Not believe, not hope, but you can know that your sins are gone, that you're going to heaven one day. And if you cannot answer that question, preach, I know. I know. And you need to be born again. You need to be saved. You need to be, have your sins forgiven. You need to be converted. We have people throughout the auditorium that take a Bible and show you from God's word how to, how to know this. And if that's your desire, I'm going to ask you to step out in just a moment and come and we'll meet down front with someone and we'll take off to a private room and, and deal with a man with a man, a woman with a woman. But don't leave here without Christ. You say, how close are we? I don't know. We believe in the imminent return of Christ. It can happen any time. And we're in a season of it. This is happening right before our eyes. I love it. I think it's great. Because the Bible's true. But don't be so foolish. to say, I'm going to put it off. Not today. Not tonight. Not this week. Next month. Next meeting. Whatever it may be. Don't do that. Because you may not be here. You may die in a car accident, a crash. There's all sorts of ways of, of dying. But also, you may miss the taking away of the saints. And when that happens, it's too late. So you want to come. While you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Let's stand on our feet, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.